Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Allie Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Allie, I knew this was going to be a mad march, but man, oh, man. <laughs> it was one of the craziest opening weekends I think I've ever seen. A uh, quick bracket update. I am still very much alive in all three of my pools. I believe I'm in fourth in one, tenth in another, and I think fifteenth in another. But I do have a lot of a lot more points I can still get to than some people above me. I have three of my final four teams still all intact. Remember, I had Alabama, UConn, Texas. Duke is the only one that didn't make it for me. But I also led most of my pools in correct, correctly predicting. I had eight upsets. I was heavy on upsets this year. It proved to really benefit me because I don't think I've seen an opening weekend that has been so many upsets that there were. So, Robert, let's get straight into the betting trends. I know it was a long four-day weekend, but what game did the books do the best in? And what game did the public actually cash in the best? Okay, it, it, and it's so strange, Ali. You really never know what's going to garner the most interest when when you open right. up the pools, you know, across you know the round one and round two. So, the games that saw the public do best is actually Furman over Virginia. Yep. A lot of money line bets on Furman. Right. Uh, Michigan State over Marquette, uh, and that one also came in uh, very heavily on points for Michigan State, you know, winner outright there. Right. Uh, the other way around, where the public didn't do so well, uh, Duke over Oral Roberts, a lot of support on Oral Roberts. We we kind of discussed yeah. that one about a week ago, all that support for that school. Uh, and then Alabama over Maryland, actually. Uh, a, a lot of backers on the Terrapins. Not so there. Yep. yep. Yeah, none of that's surprising. I had both of those upsets. I did have Vermin over Virginia in my bracket, and I had Michigan State upsetting Marquette yesterday. Those were two of my upsets. I, I didn't really get the Oral Roberts hype. I know my dad was one of them who really liked Oral Roberts to win outright. I just didn't I didn't see any body of work from Oral Roberts that warranted all that support. Uh, and Alabama, Maryland, that's not a surprise. Maryland always has a huge following in their basketball program. They did have a good first round when they knocked off West Virginia. So I can see why people might have thought that Alabama, or at least Maryland, would have kept it close with Alabama. So th- those that one game does not surprise me at all. What about which game was had the most bets placed on it this weekend, Robert? Again, this is this is also pretty amazing. You never again, you would think it's uh, you know, some of the you know, top seeded schools, but it wasn't. It was St. Mary's in Yukon. Wow. Uh, and Arkansas and Kansas. So again, it, it's weird where the buckets start to get filled the most, but uh those are the one and one A as far as uh games with the most dollars bet on in, in one particular matchup. And I think looking back at my bracket, that's the one regret I had because I almost did pull the trigger on number eight Arkansas upsetting number one Kansas in the round of 32. I, I I I took it back at the last second. I let Kansas go the Sweet 16 where I would have had them losing there anyway. So it wasn't a big of a loss. But I did take Arkansas plus three and a half on, uh, on I think it was Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday. So I did win at least win the bet in that. So Arkansas, they had a nice team. I think that pe- 
people that really follow college basketball that knew that Bill Self wasn't coaching Kansas, he kind of jumped on that too. So that wasn't as much surprising to me. But let's move ahead because it's one thing to reflect on the weekend, which we are going to do coming up. But what about going forward? What teams right now have the best odds, Robert, to win the title or the national championship? And what team or teams do you see has, as having the best value? Okay, sure. Yeah, we can actually uh, set this up in different uh, dif- different packs, so to say. So uh, top odds right now in this, uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, uh, Alabama, we have Alabama at plus 350 and Houston at four to one. Some books already have Houston the favorite and Alabama right behind them. The next pack is all anywhere between eight to 10 to one, which is uh, Tennessee, Creighton, Gonzaga, uh, Texas, UConn, and UCLA. Uh, so that's the next pairing. Uh, after that, we're looking a uh, pretty deep drop. Uh, 35 to 1 for Michigan State, Arkansas, and Xavier. Uh, and then right behind them, K-State, San Diego State, and Miami at 40 to 1. Florida Atlantic at 50 to 1. And uh, Princeton, I made 250 to 1. I would take K-State at 40 to 1. I, I like K-State a lot. I have them going to the Elite Eight, which is another one. I almost put them going past. I had Duke, them facing Duke in the Elite Eight. I should have put Kansas State over them, but Byers Morris is, is always there. I like Kansas this Kansas State team a lot. I was very impressed with how they performed against Kentucky Robert. I think that Deontay Johnson, Deontay, Johnson on that team, I can't pronounce his name. Apparently, it's still early on a Monday. Um, but he's one of the players I love watching. I also love Noel. It's just that he's a little guy, but he can get in and out and just score at will. So I do like Kansas State's team with the value they're getting. What team sticks out for you with value-wise? You know, I think if uh, you you pair it out and you see exactly what's remaining. Yeah, you know, I, if, if I had to ignore the second set and and look beyond um i probably would go and back and if we're looking for a school that's got something that makes me want to back them it's their results in this game of course everyone's playing neutral you know i mean going back to k state i mean they shot 64% you know from inside the inside the arc their trays five for 21 against Kentucky. Nothing really lights out, but they did shoot 18 of 22 from the free throw line. Yeah. Um, that made me happy. Uh, that's something that I was impressed with. You could hit free throws. Uh, that's that's going to get you there. I do have a point to make about the tempo of some of these games. We'll get to that in a little bit later in, in today's episode. But obviously, uh, you know, what I want to see is a team that can push the pace. Uh, and then do something a little bit better than what I mean, the, the three point shooting in general from the opening weekend has been um, much to be desired. Uh, it, it, no one's really hitting them. Well, a lot of a lot of dominance on the inside, but no one's hitting these outside threes. Um, yeah. You know, but I, I honestly think right now, if, if I'm pairing it to a team that I need to go from outside yeah, I I probably would look at either Arkansas or maybe uh how about Creighton? Yeah. I'll I'll I look like at Creighton as, as a little bit of a shot. Yeah, I like Creighton a lot. I had I had them well, I had Baylor 
losing to Santa Barbara. So, but then I would have had Creighton beating Santa Barbara. So that was a big win for me when Creighton did knock off Baylor yesterday. I like Creighton a lot. I, I actually always liked Creighton more than I liked Marquette. I just wasn't sold on Marquette. So I can see that I can see back in Creighton a good amount. But before we move on and, and get and dive in to the weekend further, Robert, who's getting the most action right now to win the national championship? Okay, great. So if, if we look at it from that point, again, uh, <laughs> bringing up K-State. Uh, well, if we're if we're breaking down exactly uh, dollars and, and uh, what, what's the liability right now, K-State and Xavier winning the title is going to hurt the most. <laughs> Alabama has the most tickets. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's still a good decision for the book. If K-State or Xavier win, yeah, it's, uh, it, that one's going to hurt. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the weekend. And I don't even know where to start because it was four days of just mayhem. I know that I was at, I was out at St. Patrick's Day on Friday. And I think that the bar that I was at just stopped to watch the Fairleigh Dickinson defeat Purdue and obviously, it's not the first time a 16 seed seat a 16 seed beat a number one seed. We saw that with Virginia losing a few years back. But Robert, this is going to become more of the norm, I would think. It's happened two times, I believe, in the past four years now. Do you see this becoming more of a norm where people are, are actually going to pick 16 seeds in their brackets to defeat a one seed? I would say yes, right? It's it's starting to happen far more and more, and that's you know that's just clearly showing that there's some parity. What I do want to do point out though is it's not exactly specific towards conferences, right? right? It's it's just looking at the matchup and saying, hey, you know what? This team can hit free throws, and because of that, they'll definitely have a chance. There's been some really sloppy play from some teams that I didn't expect to see that. And, uh, you know, that's why we've got this, uh, you know, this run right now with with Princeton, for example. I mean, heck, uh, pre-tournament, Princeton was 750 to one, right? So you can always find a price somewhere out there, um, you know, and, and then we're just basically looking for schools that are outside of that power bracket, right? And this is exactly what's happening right now. So, yeah, I would say you're you're finding far more and more of, of an upset. You You mentioned last week and, you know, clearly – you know, I'm hoping our, our listeners is tuning in and, and taking advantage in those first round games. Double digits against a single digit in the first round, second round is definitely something you should definitely pay attention to. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, without without that, you know, it's you're you're laying points. And, you know, again, if you're laying points, you know, you typically would think you've got the favorite and the right team to advance. But that's not been the case this year. No. And I was actually kicking myself, too, because. I loved Princeton when they when they won the Ivy League championship. I didn't like their seeding at number 15. And I still, while I've picked 14 seeds to beat number three seeds, I still haven't been bold enough to pick a 15 seat to, to defeat a two seed. Now, Princeton, I thought they should have at least been a 13 seed at the minimum, not, not 15 seed at the minimum. Because, Robert, these are guys that can shoot. And a lot of them are upperclassmen with experience. I think that's something people need to take into account in the years coming up. And it's one of the reasons like I chose a Furman over Virginia. When you get these mid-level schools that have guys that have played for four years versus teams that have mostly freshmen and sophomores, it's a big difference, not just in experience, 
but in but in body weight and everything having the body of a 22 year old is vastly different than the body of a 19 year old so do you think that's something that people should keep in mind when filling out their brackets next year i would say yes right and let's just take let's take princeton as an example let's stay there right and obviously you know when they upset missouri it, it wasn't close i mean yeah. you know, the, the shooting was pretty much equal but Princeton went, you know, 12 of 33 from beyond the arc, 12 of 15 on the free throw line. Uh, and you know, of their 44 rebounds, which, by the way, they out-rebounded Missouri, 16 of them were offensive. Um, you know, the smart offense keeps getting good looks versus awful defenses. And I think, again, if we just dig a little bit deeper, you'll see this in two-point defense, right? This is the efficiency that I've been looking at, and it's – some of these matchups are just far closer than they should be. And it's not a matter of how they're seated. It's just a matter of how they're ranked. Right. Yeah, no, they're all great points in that one. It's it's another reason, if you think about the Duke and Tennessee game. Now, I wasn't high on Tennessee. I actually had Louisiana Lafayette upsetting them in the first round, which they almost did. They only lost by a basket on, on a Thursday night. But when I saw Duke playing against Tennessee – Robert, just the size difference from the get-go, I was like, there's no way Duke is is, is hanging in there. I mean, Philip Kowski was just getting obliterated by by the big guys for, for Tennessee. So let's quickly sit on Tennessee, because I know both you and I were a little more bearish about them before entering the, 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 the tournament. So what do you think? Can they win this region now? Because you don't have Marquette anymore. You don't have Purdue and you don't have Duke. So should Tennessee or Kansas state be the favorite to win the region? I would say absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I do think that it was Tennessee that should have won this region. Uh, you know, and if we're looking now, uh, obviously they're not having to face off against Marquette. They're not having to face off against, uh, uh, you know, if, if we break it down even further, actually, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot to be said about this game against Duke. Uh, and honestly, if we have – look, Duke won two-point shooting in that game. Uh, you know, they did pretty well. I mean, Tennessee only shot 39%, but that didn't make up for real significant losses in other categories and in, in, in otherwise really slow game. Uh, 15 turnovers for Duke, along with 15 Crazy. missed three-pointers while getting out-rebounded in a slow affair, that's, you're not going to, you're not going to win. No, even if you've got like superior talent, um, Tennessee was able to really slow the game down. That was in favor of their tempo. Uh, and again, the turnovers, this is, it, it comes back, you know, years and years and years. You're not going to overcome that uh, no matter how talented you are, Ali. Yeah, no, I agree with you right there. Let's quickly go back to Princeton because there was a question I did want to ask you that that I forgot. But we've seen, too, going along with the number 16 seeds over one, I think more prevalent, though, there's been a lot of 15 seeds being two seeds in recent years. I think a few years ago, Middle Tennessee defeated Michigan State. 
as a number two seed. And there's been others I just can't think of off the top of my head. So are 15 seeds over number two seeds becoming more of the 12 over the five? Because no 12s won over the weekend, Robert, which I was very surprised in. I had two. I had Charleston and I had VCU. Neither of them won. A lot of people jumped on Drake. I didn't. And a lot of people, like you said, jumped on Oral Roberts. But is the 15 over the two becoming the new 12 over the five? <laughs> I would say, you know, like early on, you would think this is impossible. Why Why even bother with that? You know, you'll have the bridge jumpers that'll just take all of, you know, the number one seeds or the number two seeds and parlay them all together. Because after all, how, how could they lose? Well, they can lose. Uh, and again, it's all a matter now of finding out were these schools actually seated correctly, right? And that's the that's the biggest question right now. And then, you know, look, we, we can say that K-State probably shouldn't have been ranked the, the, with the three seed, you know, but here they are today. Creighton, on the other hand, as a six seed, I don't think that they should have been that high. So there's, you know, and actually even Xavier should have been even lower. But as it matters, there's so much to be said about setting your own data sets and comparing them once you start to see where they're seated. You could say, hey, you know what? Not only do I disagree with where they're seated, here's why. Um, and, and then that'll play into, of course, uh, each individual game and each individual matchup from a point from a point spread perspective. So 100%, yes, heck, why even stop there? Uh, at the very least, you know, give some thought to maybe even uh, – you know, taking points with a 16 over a one. Yeah, that's always something I actually found a good strategy because I do believe the 16 seeds can keep it close in, in certain situations. Let's get into the nitty gritty. What upset of the weekend? And this is including the whole weekend, Thursday through Sunday. Let's let's throw out Fairleigh Dickinson and Princeton. Those are two just mind-boggling ones. But besides those two upsets, what upset did surprise you most? I'll go with... And it's the point spread doesn't really call it as a big upset, but I'm still going to call Miami over Indiana. Uh, the final score of 85 oh. to 69, uh, you know, the, the the game to me was really most impressive when you looked at the rebounds. Uh, Hurricanes out-rebounded Indiana 48 to 31 mm-hmm. with 20 offensive rebounds. Right. So it's it's tight stats outside of that rebounding route, which, of course, creates those extra chances. So to me, that one was the one that was most impressive of the weekend. See, I wasn't too surprised about that one because I we talked last week. Originally, I had Indiana going pretty far. I think I had them going to the Elite Eight. And then the more I thought of it, I just didn't trust Indiana to stay consistent. I thought they would have if they had one win, then that would be it. I actually switched my pick all the way to having Kent State upset them. Yes. But even if I had Indiana advancing, I would have had Miami over them as well. So that didn't really surprise me that much. I would say really looking at it, if if I'm looking and seeing what upset did surprise me the most, I mean, I don't know, Robert. They were kind of – a lot of them were telltale. I guess by Vegas's books, I really didn't think at the beginning that Tennessee could beat Duke, but Tennessee technically was seated higher than them. They were a four seed. Duke was a three and a half point favorite before them. I just didn't really think that Duke would come out so unprepared like that and really just not know that these are these are men they're playing against. Like they're physical guys. 
So I, I think if anything, that really did surprise me a lot. I think maybe Utah State also losing to Missouri in the first round. A lot of people, including myself, was on Utah State. So that one really surprised me. But otherwise, I told you, I pick a lot of upsets. So um, I wasn't too surprised. But let's let's go with the inverse. What upset did not surprise you at all? Yeah, I, I and again, what are we calling like again upsets in terms of seeding versus upsets versus in, in terms of you know their bracket positioning? I, I would probably think that the performance of well, Florida Atlantic actually was a pretty impressive move. Uh, you know, getting to where they are today as as the nine. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, you know, well, Princeton's, you know, th- that one was the big, the big one for, but for me, uh, I was happiest seeing the big East making a move. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was something that I didn't expect to see. And so, you know, seeing them still alive here in the second weekend, pretty impressive. But, uh, for, for me, the one that I circled the most that says, Hey, you know what, uh, congratulations, even though you were 33 and three on the year, uh, Florida Atlantic. Yeah, good. Yeah, I the Michigan State being Marquette did not surprise me at all. I know I took a lot of heat from people when I did say that Michigan State was going to be in the Sweet 16. A lot of people actually picked USC to beat them in the first round. Yes. I always said when Tom Izzo is not expected to win, he takes his team far. I think he took Michigan State a few years ago to the Final Four when they were a seven seed. So that was one that did not surprise me at all. And I would say, you know, and Kansas State over Kentucky, I know that Kansas State was a three, Kentucky was a six, but Kentucky was favored in that game. Uh, I did not think that Kentucky was going to pull it out. I think a lot of people bet Kentucky over Kansas State because Calipari, because of the name recognition. So I say those two were the least surprising for me. All right, Robert, I told you most of the upsets that I got right. What are some of the upsets that you got right this weekend? (laughs) <laughs> were, were there any actually <laughs> I, I don't know if there was you know the ones that really jumped out the most that I thought was was going to be the right side were more from a point spread perspective Ali to be honest the thing that was really the one that I was really looking at was all of these unders uh when, when you look at the total do you understand that we started this tournament with 30 of the 40 games going under the total. I always bet the under in March Madness. I said my favorite bet every year was always bet the under of the first half in the first game of the tournament. These kids, they come out, they have butterflies, they're a little nervous. They they put up some errant shots. So I'm all about unders in the tournament. Yeah, not not only errant shots, but just really like wild, like, you know, like NBA, like theatrical type passing. It's like, guys, you, you just how about a bounce pass here or there? You know, yeah, right. Not- so uh, the market's definitely been overshooting the market on on uh, totals to this point. You know, of course, you know, some randomness is always involved, but three-point shooting has been mostly unimpressive or awful. Um, you know, there's a few crazy uh, free throw totals. The paces are steady, you know, but the betting public loves betting overs, you know, and they root for points. Yeah. You know, that's probably, you know, there's more factors than just that, but, you know, these unders have been, uh, incredible in, in the opening run. So I don't think that it's going to change much in the next set of games. Uh, but obviously, as we start to see the far better schools, you know, uh, move on and, you know, obviously the totals and, the, you know, all the totals are going to start to readjust 
as I'm starting to see them, uh, you know, already around town for for this coming Thursday and Friday, Ali. So not so much uh, am I, uh, you know, tooting a uh, <laughs> an underdog selection, but more so uh, just from the total perspective. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I was texting a lot with my brother and everything, and I kept saying unders were just the way to go. If you want to yes. parlay, go crazy, parlay unders. That's that's what you're going to get. Yes, yes. But enough recapping because we could talk about every game all day. Let's look ahead to the Sweet 16. So if you have your bracket busted, fortunately, if you're in one of the many legalized states or if you feel like taking a trip to Vegas or somewhere, you can bet still and save any kind of uh, sanity you might still have. I know probably people were ripping their hairs out all weekend. (laughs) So we got two one seeds left, Robert, Alabama and Houston. Which one seed do you think is more vulnerable to not make it to the championship? Again, based off of what I've seen uh, most of February into March and then uh, conference play and then obviously in the opening weekend, I would – now, look, I don't think that there is going to be a number one that will fall. That's I'll, I'll get that out. However, if I had to choose, I'd probably choose Houston instead of Alabama, who obviously, you know, Alabama is going to be playing the winner of Princeton Creighton. Uh, so if if there was a one, for me, Allie, it's Houston. Uh, do you have a different one? No, I agree with you. I have Houston losing to Texas in the lead eight. I still think Texas outshoots them. What do you think about that? Yes, that is absolutely correct. Uh, Texas, a, a great, great program. But if I've got to break it down right now, I think I'd make Houston four and a half over Texas. Yeah. What about, let's go with the number two seeds that are left, Robert. Who do you think is most vulnerable? If we pare down the twos, now we actually have something a little bit better to look at. Um, I would say, and what a matchup here with UCLA. Um, Don't tell me you're going to pick Gonzaga. (laughs) (laughs) UCLA, uh, one of the better defensive schools in the entire nation against the best offensive uh, power. So I mean, Drew Timmy can't have another performance like he put on last night. I just I can't see that. Oh, uh, there should be a return to the mean, shouldn't there? Uh, um, UCLA will advance. I'll uh, I'll push that forward. Yes, um, Texas. Texas will beat Xavier. Matter of fact, I actually think that that one. Yeah, you know, to be honest, that one should probably be a little bit more. I'm just paring down the spreads right now, and I feel that Texas has a four-point favorite. I think that they should cover that. It probably should be more like five and a half or six. And then on the other side, Allie, we've got – no, that's basically it, right, for the two. Yeah, just two left, two left. Yeah. Yeah, I would say out of all of them, I would pick UCLA to fall just because they are still a little injured. I do like UConn alive, UConn going to the Final Four and winning it all. So that would be the one I would say would would fall first would be UCLA. Plus, they still have their guard that's injured. They had another one of their other players got hurt. Brutal he, how he sprained his ankle the other night. So I don't know his status for the next game. But I think UCLA could fall first. Yeah, All right, actually, Robert. There Go is ahead. actually one other very quick upset that I do see here right here. And this one just jumped. It's, it wasn't a top seed, but, I mean, we talked about him early in the show. K-State should be the favorite here, in my opinion. 
Oh, uh, I think so too. Right. As, as a dog, I think that they definitely win that game against Michigan state. So if there is, there's an yeah. upset there, that that's one I'd like to circle. Yeah, I agree. I think Kansas state, I had them beat. I have them beating Michigan state anyway, in my bracket. I think that one is, is coming to does Miami though, Robert have any chance against Houston this weekend? Oof. No, uh, not, not really too high on that at all. Nah, I'm not uh, even. If, if I, if I had, a, you know, let me just do a quick, quick look here, you know, with the game being what it is. And obviously the, the spreads already set. Uh, Houston's a seven point favorite, pretty much everywhere. Allie, uh, they probably should be like 14. Uh, so I, I think Houston by double digits. What about Alabama and San Diego State? San Diego State snuck into the Sweet 16. A lot of them have the, had them getting upset either in the first or second round. Does San Diego State stand a chance? Uh, to cover. <laughs> yeah, That's about it. You know, as, as an eight-point dog, uh, you, know, the, you know, healthy, I'll never go ahead and you know, um, chide anyone for taking points ever. Uh, but I, I think Bama wins this game. Uh, maybe they don't cover, however. All right. Let's, we're, Robin and I are going to come back, uh, I believe, Wednesday, and we're going to talk about more spreads as it gets closer to tip off. But real quick, Robert, if you had to redo your final four predictions, what would they be with the with the remaining 16 teams? Oh, dear Ali, I don't think that there is much of a difference anymore I, I think i said it was i think i like tennessee to advance if i didn't uh let me go ahead and stamp them forward okay. I, I do like what i saw this opening weekend from them uconn for sure that hasn't changed uh and then uh houston and alabama i do have them making it to the final four i'm gonna stick i still have alabama i still have uconn i still have texas beating houston i'm not gonna falter on that because i do think houston's gonna slip up one of these games now, Duke I had coming out of, I believe, the East region, if if I think that's the region it is. But if I had to switch it, I think Kansas State, I really do. I think that they not only beat Michigan State, I think they go up against Tennessee and beat Tennessee. I just think Tennessee has gotten lucky. I, I still don't really like their, their shooting. They got really hot against Duke from the three-point line. I don't think they're going to keep up that momentum. So I would change it and have Kansas State get to the final four in that division or that region. Blazing hot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's our show for today, Robert. It was another fun weekend. I'm sure you didn't get a lot of sleep at Baldini's, but it's still always a fun weekend. Probably one of my favorite weekends, uh, if not the favorite weekend of the entire year. I mentioned before, Robert, and I will be back Wednesday. We'll dissect all 16 games, give you some previews for the lead eight as well. And before we sign off, Robert, any last thoughts for the audience? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. And you're saying if uh, there's any breaks, there are no breaks. Keep them coming. CBI is still playing today. Uh, we will still have NIT. So there's still so, so much more to go. Uh, love this time of year. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining and take care.